Welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. You are going to love my friend, Ariel Joseph Town. He's going to impart so much wisdom on us today. I know that because he has imparted so much wisdom and joy in my life over the past, oh my gosh, Ariel, how long have I known you? Six years? Something like that? I want to say six. Yeah. Yeah. We met at a Thanksgiving and after like a day after Thanksgiving party, kind of like an orphan Thanksgiving party through mm-hmm. a, through our mutual friend Beth. And we were at your apartment in Beverly Hills and we had all this delicious food. And Beth said, Oh, you gotta meet my friend Ariel. He's like super into feng shui. And I don't know, I expected kind of this like spiritual dude with crystals all over. And what I got was this really empowered, attractive, cool guy who knew all the spiritual stuff, but also had this other career as an actor and a coach. And I was just fascinated by you from the moment I met you. And then luckily we became friends. So I've got to have your your wisdom in my life and you've been such a great support and you've feng shui'd my house and helped me with my space. So I'm so excited to share you with everybody on the podcast today. Well, I'm absolutely joy-filled to be here and I've loved our connection from Go and I so appreciate that we're having this conversation. So I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about. Yay. And let me be let me be professional and read your fancy bio so people really know who you are here. So Ariel goes by Ariel or Joe. So we'll call him Ariel Joseph Town. He spent the last 15 years as a life coach and feng shui consultant. In 2013, he launched a book called Serene Makeover, Inner Edition, which is awesome, I have it, and that led him to be a guest on the Dr. Oz Show. He's currently a teacher and coach at Warner Lachlan Studios in Hollywood, where he also co-created the Audition Technique program. He's passionate about the intersection of art, mindfulness, and the high-performance mindset, and is also a husband and soon-to-be dad, which is really exciting. Congratulations yeah. again. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited. Yay, yay. What an adventure. It is. Life is definitely an adventure. So let's let's talk about that a little bit, the adventure of life. One of the things that is such a theme on this show is living inside out. There's so many of us that think that external thing is going to make us happy. The relationship, the job, the losing the 10 pounds, the moving to a new city, whatever it is. I mean, I, I definitely have thought that too and, and tried many external solutions to my internal, in, internal problems or my internal struggles, I guess we could say. But I never found it on, on the outside. It's truly the inside work. However, we can't ignore our external environment our external environment does impact us. So I want you, let's start there. Talk to us about what feng shui is and how we need to be aware of our external environment. Otherwise, we're like missing a big part of just the human experience. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess one of the simplest ways to conceptualize feng shui for 2016, where we are, is the idea that our environment is telling a story about our life. And the question really becomes, is the story that we're telling the world serving us or is it outdated and needs a spruce up? Because our images and the words we surround ourselves with and the memories attached to them and all of the memories and experiences we've had in a space, they advertise to us day in and day out. So I just feel like there's a wonderful symmetry between working outside in and inside out and meeting somewhere the intersection in the middle. 
Yeah, I love that our external environment communicates to us. So let's say I'm I'm working from home and I'm sitting and I'm trying to like launch a business or be productive, but my desk is full of stuff. What what is that saying to me? Yeah, I mean, anytime there's stuff somewhere, it's almost like unfinished business. And so the question is, what, how much do we want to load ourselves up to do before we get down to the work that we're here to show up each day and, and serve with? You know, I love this idea. My, my uncle used to build race cars in South Carolina, also on, in New York on Long Island. And he said something very fascinating to me, which is that you can eat off the floor in those facilities when they're building those cars. It's similar to like what I'd imagine a French restaurant would be like, that you come in and it's immaculate and that's the place they start from. So then they can make a big fun mess and get a little crazy and then make sure that it's clean by the time they want to step back in. Because I feel like there's, there's noise and then there's this true signal. And that certainly resonates, that image resonates with me in terms of my inner life. And I feel like anytime my outer environment is in disarray, it keeps me from getting to being a channel for writing, for showing up for people, for feeling like I have access to hear clearly my own intuition and inner voice. So, mm. What are some of the most common uh, feng shui no-nos that you mm. see people doing? I know, I know you've been in a lot of homes and talked to a lot of people about their spaces. What are the biggest kind of feng shui faux pas? Yeah, so I think we started here in the office. So let's talk about that a little bit. I'd say that um, our environment, whether that's a bedroom, whether it's where we want to relax and enjoy and entertain, whether it's a place that we want to eat and celebrate with other people, or whether it's a place we want to work, we want the purpose of the space to be primary. We want there to be clarity around what goes on in that space. So what I've found is that a lot of people have either a limited amount of space, especially when we live in a big city, or a limited amount of resources that they feel they have access to at any given time, or perhaps just limits on what they think is possible for their space, information-wise. And so they end up putting a whole bunch of things into the same area. So where they work might be their storage unit for their, you know, leftover excess clothes, or it could be their gym slash office, or their office slash guest bedroom, or it could be storing all of the things because they're using their garage for their car now. And, and so the idea is, can you streamline what the purpose of your space is for, and then eliminate what isn't serving that purpose? Mm. Okay, so let's move into the bedroom because I think there's a lot of things that we take into our bedroom that are not serving the purpose of a bedroom. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes jokingly say that there are bedroom diseases and the reason I think of them as a disease is they don't have to be permanent. We've just caught them somehow and hopefully we can rebalance the space and um, then get down to what the bedroom is for. So let me ask you, Christine, I know you've been through this process, but mm-hmm. what would you say the purpose of a bedroom is? Well, sleep, first uh-huh. of all. Let's be PG, first of all. Yeah. So I would say sleep and rest and restore and disconnect and also ro- romance, 
connection, yeah. intimacy with with a partner, with another person, intimacy with ourselves as well. Um, for me, it's also a place where I it's oftentimes a place where I meditate because I do feel like it's my sacred space. Um, it's a place for retreat and restore and, and romance. And I, you know, I, Ariana Huffington was, um, on the podcast as well. And she talks a lot about how she's such an advocate for sleep. And she said, we need to put the romance back into sleep. Mm. So the, the bedroom is a place where we set the romantic tone for sleep and other things. 100%. You nailed the A-plus, gold star, triple uh, triple Lindy version of the answer for what the bedroom is for. I've had good teachers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you also know and you live that way. And I don't know if you ask this question outside of the conversations that we have often, but in in the feedback that I get from clients, most often I hear sleep and then they stop there, which leads me to believe that people are walking around exhausted. So. Mm your insight there and what Ariana is doing and around the science of sleep is so vital. And there's a lot of things that we can talk about from a feng shui perspective of things that could be impacting a good night's rest. But I love that you also highlighted part two, which is once we have deeply rested, rejuvenated, connected to our source and are now able to come from a place of overflow, connection, intimacy, and bonding, whether that's, you know, cuddle time or whether that's romance, um, anywhere on the spectrum, that is the second half of the romantic sanctuary. So to me, the bedroom is about romance and sanctuary. And the fact that you meditate there is the sanctuary part. The fact that we want deep rest and rejuvenation speaks to the sanctuary part. And the romance part, you know, like you articulated, is really about balance and partnership and, you know, being as passionate as you can stand at this particular point in time. Okay, so some of the things I've learned from you about the bedroom are not to have stuff under the bed. That's not so great. Um, no technology in the bedroom, which I've been doing for years. I think that's so important. I've taken my my dresser TV stand is actually my altar, which is really cool because I can close the doors on it. I have one of those you know old dressers where you can pull the cabinets closed. Um, yeah. And also twos, you know, if you're really calling in partnership or you're in a partnership, um, you don't want a lot of single images or single things or one nightstand and you have to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Gosh, I I love all those different highlights. And I just want to back up one quick second and just say that to me, feng shui is half art form and half science. So the art form is there's no one way to eat a Reese's. There's no one way to set up the bedroom. And I I wouldn't dare prescribe a one-size-fits-all approach to the bedroom. Um, So that being said, people come to me with particular challenges. And based on those challenges, I'll make recommendations. And if one set of recommendations don't work, then we'll find something else. For some people, they need a certain amount of technology in the bedroom. Like let's say a television for the stage of life where they have an illness or the stage of life where they're getting ready in the mornings. And that's essential to what they do. I think the main thing is just to put boundaries up around it. So if you have to have a a TV in the bedroom, I would say covering it with a scarf or something at night that could soften it would be wonderful. So you're not looking at a black void and it's not calling to you. It also creates a little transition ritual from 
being of the world and being mindful of your own experience and the transition between those two worlds. And then lastly, just the content, like what you choose to put into your brain and into your consciousness before bed. I love the idea that it has something to do with romance or something to do with making you laugh and feel good as opposed to binge watching Law and Order SVU, which is a lovely show, um, but maybe not for right before sleepy time. Mm, mm. So that's, I think, a really important thing if you're going to have that technology in the bedroom. You were about to say something. Well, th- one thing I've always appreciated about you so much, um, especially when you've worked with me in my space, is you you have never been like, this is the rule and you have to follow the rule and this is the way it is. You really work with people to make their space their own and to find ways to come into right relationship with your space yeah, and have boundaries with things, which I think is, is, is really important. I mean, there are things that you suggested I did and I'm like, I do. And I'm like, Oh, I don't feel like painting my whole kitchen. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we found workarounds and, and that's what I love about the, the process of feng shui, just becoming aware of our space is that, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do that are simple fixes, that are simple tweaks and improvements. And a big one is just like getting rid of stuff. You know, I know, um, what's that book that everybody's just The Everyday Magic of Tidying Up. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's amazing because I, I don't remember if I was an early adopter or not, where in the process it was, but I certainly feel that I've spent a lot of time in the, you know, organizing space and in people's homes. I I, I pride myself and Aaron on being mindful every time we've moved to spend some time saying gracious goodbyes to things and making space for new things. But I have to say my experience doing the first two chapters of her book were pretty mind-blowing. The things that I found were the simplicity of the question, does this item spark joy? You know, I I found that I had three questions that I would ask to try to get to the bottom of that third layer of stuff. Because I think most people can probably identify the things that are garbage or trash or things they no longer need on a quick glance. And sometimes I think the second round, they can challenge themselves on, do you really need that? Is it serving your life now, today? You know, what purpose is it serving in your life and what you're stepping into? But as you get into some of the more deep questions, is it beautiful? Do you love it? Have you used it in the last six months to a year? It can really start to get deeper into, gosh, have I been holding on to this out of fear, out of lack, out of some sense of, I don't know why I have it. I've tuned out to my space and become numb. But that question, does this spark joy, to me, cut right to the center of things. And we got rid of, I want to say, 23 bags of clothes from all of our closets and storage combined. Um, And we had a great time donating some to people that needed it. Aaron had a clothing swap party with some girlfriends. Um, We ended up, you know, obviously throwing out any of the personal items, underwear, socks, things like that. And then the rest went to a charity. And the, the second part of her book that I really appreciate is this act of saying thank you to the item as you're bagging it up. Because by the end of seven hours of doing that process, I felt so lit up, mm-hmm. so filled with gratitude, so warm, so open, heart open, that the space that we made was charged with that gratitude and it couldn't help but draw in 
almost immediately, opportunities for Aaron and I in the work sphere, which I think in a short order led to us getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So making space for and using that technology that everyone's talking about has been really powerful for us. Oh, me too. I just did probably three months ago a gigantic purge, like so much so that my assistant had to call like a 1-800-WE-REMOVE-JUNK kind of service because Amazing. like we just couldn't, she couldn't handle it and like the trash wouldn't take care of it. Yeah. And I was, I went through, I have a, I have a garage, which is dangerous because you can just put a lot of stuff in a garage. And we went through just boxes and I had like so many photo albums, like high school yearbooks and photo albums and pictures from, you know, my 20s and college and past relationships and even childhood. And I'm like, you know what? It's time to say goodbye to this. It's time to say goodbye. Yeah. I went through, I kept one album from my childhood, one yearbook, and like one box of pictures just so I had some memories. And the rest, like boxes and boxes. And she's like, these are your memories. You're saying goodbye. And I'm like, you know what? I make peace with my past. Yeah. I have the memories I need, but my past sitting in my garage is impacting me from really stepping into my present and future. And I will tell you, there was a direct correlation between that purge and a surge of creative energy come forward. Mm -hmm. For years, I've been wanting to do an online course and I just haven't had the, the inspiration. And it was like, as soon as I got rid of so much of that all of this creative energy came forward. The right people showed up. It just created that space. So there is not just magic to this, but science. You know, you yeah. can't, if you're holding on to past, if you're holding on to clutter, if you're holding on to things that don't bring you joy, that you aren't using anymore, that you've really kind of vibed out of, it's taking up space. Yeah. And to the original sort of headline for this, the idea that our home is telling a story. Well, we can either tell a really clear story or we can tell a complicated story. We can tell stories from the past or we can tell stories of the future. And I get really deeply curious about the concept of what if our whole home was a vision board? What if our whole home was our life that we were stepping into? What if we were acting as if we were already in that relationship? What space would we have for that? What kind of images would we look at? What would our home smell like from fresh flowers and maybe some aromatherapy? What would we want to wear when we step into, you know, whether it's going on an artist date and dating yourself and figuring out exactly what you like so you can communicate that clearly to another or whether you're actually on a date with another person and you want to feel like your most confident self. Every single layer in your home is almost like a, a ring on a tree. Mm. In the one of the first books I ever read about feng shui, it says that which is closest to you has the most impact on you. And so what is closer to us than our inner world of thoughts and all that's reflected within? Mm. Mm. It's so true. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, so much good stuff. Okay. So I people listening are like, okay, got it. Check. Like my external environment matters. I'm going to mm -hmm. do a purge. I'm going to get 23 bags and a junk <laughs> company to come and get rid of my stuff so I get pregnant, have work opportunities, and get creative. Um, yeah. So people may be thinking, okay, so what are some other feng shui tips? Do I need to paint my door red? Do I need to have a fountain? Like what are some things people can do to kind of put in their home that, you know, go with the science of feng shui? Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. So a couple really simple things. You brought up one of them earlier with regards to the bedroom and the idea of one night stands. So <laughs> if you it. want your bedroom to reflect you being in partnership or pairs, it's probably important to look around your space and say, is it screaming I'm single? Because one of the things that I've gotten a chuckle from is when I go into someone's room and they say, I don't know why I'm single. And we look at their bedroom and it's like they're a cloistered monk or a nun. And they've got their small bed put up against the wall with no space on the other side with one nightstand <laughs> and maybe a religious item. It could be a crucifix. It could be the, you know, the entire collection of the teachings of Abraham um, on their nightstand. But you know, all of that stuff reflects what you're experiencing and isn't just a reflection of where you've been, but a, a reflection of what you're causing to call into your life. So I love the idea of romantic images. I love the idea of having space for another person to put down a glass of water mm. or maybe some massage oil, if that's something that sounds fun. And some passion images, passion colors, reds, oranges, pinks, golds, you know, a little bit goes a long way. So whether you include that in a throw pillow or sheets or whether you have a piece of artwork that has that or a pair of candles that are passion colors or... The wonderful thing about feng shui is that things don't have to be seen in feng shui to work. So I've have an, a, a wonderful story. Um, oh, wait. Can I tell a story really quick please, please. before you yeah, tell yeah. this one? Yes. Because I'm just remembering you walked into my bedroom. This was after I got divorced and moved into the house I'm in now. Yeah. And And you're like, wow, Christine, you have a lot of pictures of like single female figures. Mm. <laughs> And I had this picture in my bedroom of this beautiful like angel. Like I loved it. I love the photo. And you're like, but you're really like reflecting to your space that you're this alone woman. Mm. And I was like, but I really like the painting. So you're like, okay, no problem. Let's just get a people magazine and cut out a picture. (laughs) Yes. Of a man. And I think I cut out Justin Timberlake. And who, who, yeah, I mean, yes. And totally. And and stuck it to the back of that picture. Now I have since gotten rid of that picture and I have a beautiful, passionate couple embracing there. But for years that's that's what I did because I wasn't ready to part with it. I love it. Yeah. I've had clients who like are obsessed with people like Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn Monroe feels like an embodiment of the artist they'd like to be. And one in particular really loved Paul Newman. And so I encouraged her to go out and, you know, find a friend for Marilyn. And even though Paul Newman and Marilyn obviously didn't date, placing them there shortly called in the love of her life and, you know, making sure all those images were what she saw changed what she was being advertised. But to this idea of the color, you know, I had this client in South Florida who called me in a few years after her divorce. And we found out that her, her bed was literally broken. And there was a crack going down the middle of it. And I said, okay, well, feng shui emergency. First of all, we need to hang a crystal up here just above (laughs) it so that we can sort of put a Band-Aid on it until such time as it will be fixed or replaced. But I'd love for you to get a red sheet, I told her, to put in between the mattress and the box spring. It will energetically seal that crack and put a buffer, an energetic buffer between you and it. And it will also add a little sizzle excuse me, it'll add a little sizzle to the steak. It'll add a little heat to the bedroom itself. So she tells me this story about how 
I don't know how many weeks later, three weeks later, she's doing her feng shui shop and she's at World Market. And I think she had a coupon that said if she shopped for $350 worth of stuff, she got 20% off or something. So she's standing in line. She's a little bit over $300 and she sees this red scarf and remembers our conversation and grabs it. And she puts all the stuff into her convertible. Somehow the red scarf uh, made it into the console in between the passenger seat and the driver's seat um, because there was no other place to put it. And the rest of the stuff made it into the house. Cut to a couple months later. She's on a date. Things are getting kind of steamy. In fact, her footprint is up on the windshield. And later that night, she discovers the red scarf still in the car <laughs> in between the driver's seat and the passenger seat. So be mindful that a little bit goes a long way. Red is an incredibly powerful passion color, and it works in any environment, whether it's your car, your home, your bed, uh, etc. Your underwear. Ugh. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm going shopping. Need more yeah. red, more red in my wardrobe. All right, so that that's the bedroom. What are some other things that I know? At one point, you made me not made me. You requested <laughs> that I put rocks in my sink, putting the toilet seat down, just yeah. little things like that. That helps kind of from that helps not letting the energy leak, right? Yeah. So there's three quick things that might be really helpful for people. The the first one is this idea that our home is a container for life force energy whether we call it ki or chi or mana or prana or the Holy Spirit or even the force in Star Wars, this life force energy flows through our house. Hopefully it does not get distracted by dirt, clutter, and broken things. Doesn't come in and go straight down the drain, but it spends time with us so that it can radiate out into the world like a radio signal and attract a like match. So we want this life force energy to come to our home, find us, imprint on us, and then flow back out. So to help accomplish all three of those things, sometimes people will notice that uh, certain restaurants will have a water feature near the entranceway. This is very much a feng shui principle, whether it's a flowing water feature, whether it's a koi pond, pictures of fish, mirrors, a barbershop pole that spins. You want attention, energy flows where attention goes, to come to the front door, you want it to be well lit, you want people to be able to find you, but then you also want this flow of energy into the house. So we have a beautiful fountain right near the front door, as do all the hotels in Las Vegas and all the major agencies in town, and even the W Hotel chain, because they know that they want flow of opportunity to come into their world. So near the front entrance way is a great way to create flow, as is a home office. If you want to have um, flow to your career opportunities specifically. But then you want that energy and that flow to go someplace. So the idea of surrounding yourself with abundance items, whether that's live plants that grow, the symbolism of growth is so good for a startup. It's so good for business. We want um, life force energy and we want to be expanding our opportunities and have a place for all that flow to grow into opportunities that um, bring them back the abundance that we harvest later in the season. So whether it's plants or whether it's the four prosperity colors, purple, gold, red, and green, or if people want to think about Mardi Gras colors or the colors of the fall harvest, those colors are wonderful to attract and draw in abundance. And then lastly, we don't want our good chi and good mojo to go down the drain. So drains pull energy downward. 
stairs, sometimes the back of our home, if it slopes away, all pulls energy downward. So feng shui is all about metaphors, and those metaphors represent the energy of a space. So instead of having the energy pulled down, we want to counteract that by either pulling the energy upward. So if you go into a restaurant like Real Food Daily and you look up above in the rafters or in the bathrooms, you'll notice a light source up above or um, a set of chimes hanging up above or a hanging crystal, a piece of artwork, something to direct your energy upward. And then you can also stop the energy from going down the drain. So a beautiful way to do that, as you mentioned, is river rocks. You know, put natural, beautiful earth element over the drains to keep the chi from flowing down the drain. And then again, that color red comes back around. We can actually take some red duct tape and we can wrap it around all the pipes where the water flows out of our home and the waste system flows out of our home and stop, like a stop sign, the energy from leaving so that the waste goes out, but the energy, the chi stays in. Mm, I love that. I still have the red tape around my pipes that you put there. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And my chi feels pretty flowing. I feel like it's oh, helped my chi. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. One look at you and you know, you can feel it. Look at you. Yeah. Chi seems good. Um, so I know, Ariel, you have a free gift for people um, that involves the, the corners, right? No, the spaces in the house, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if people were to find their way to thefengshuiguy.com on my website and sign up, they'll they'll get a bunch of fun little things to get them started on their feng shui journey. So one of the first items they'll get is a map so that anyone can use this feng shui map to apply over any space. If you would like to feng shui your car, you can superimpose it over your car. You can superimpose it over your desk or your bed. You can superimpose it over one room or the whole house, the whole property. And so in addition to the map, there will be these little fun videos about the nine areas of life career and finances and fame and reputation and health and love. And so all of these different areas have specific tips that people can just use to get this process started. I love that. And will you spell feng shui? Yes, of course. V-F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I-G-U-I. So the feng shui guy. And it's pronounced feng or but in Britain, it would be feng shui because they pronounce mm. it phonetically. So F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I. Mm. I love this. Thank you so much for helping us really wrap our mind around how our, our space is consistently communicating to us and, and how to come into a healthy relationship with our external environment. Because like we were talking about in the beginning, we don't want to look for our external things, the job, the relationship, whatever, to fix things in us, to make us feel a certain way. However, we want to be in right relationship with our external environment. So just think about some of the things that that Ariel said, everybody, and, and look around your space, look around where you are right now, whether you're in, at your, in your home or a car or what, whatever, or if you're not physically in your space, just think about your space in this moment and just maybe think of one or two things that you can do to shift the space so that it is that, I love what you said, Ariel, about it being a, a, a real life vision board, that your home, that your space is a vision board for your life. Absolutely. And if I may add one yeah. little challenge to the external observation of the space is to then 
allow people to feel their way through their space. I would love for people to go outside, uh, take off their shoes, walk up to the front door, and come in as if they're exploring for the first time, and just to navigate different parts of their home, whether they sit on the floor or stand in the corner or lay on the couch or the bed, just feel whether or not the space feels like it's drawing you in, it's lighting you up. Is it a green light? If we were to think about a stoplight, is it a green light? Is it activating you and and causing your inner yes to be clear? Or is it saying, meh, I haven't really been paid attention to for a while. I don't feel much. You know, it might look very beautiful, but there might be rooms that don't get used. And then if for whatever reason there's a space that feels like red light, like get out, (laughs) then Mm. it's maybe time to do some real processing and potentially call in a professional. But the red light, yellow light, and green light can be a great way to activate their inner relationship to their space. How does it feel to be them in that environment? Awesome. Before we sign off, just because I know you wear two hats, talk a little bit about the um, audition technique program. Yeah. So I've been so fortunate to come to a creative home and community here in Hollywood, which allows me to fully be myself and in a way that embraces all of who I am, the comedy side, the dramatic side. Uh, um, the teacher that I met in 2008 is a woman named Warner Laughlin, and she's created an incredible community, an incredible space. And not only did I originally meet her as a feng shui client, but I've had the fortune of working with her as my coach for so many years. And the people that I've met there have been some of the most remarkable relationships of my life, including how I met my wife, Erin. And when Warner asked me to create a a mindset program for artists, it started with this idea of get your head in the game. And the idea being all the ways that we might psych ourselves out as artists when we're given an opportunity, when we go into an opportunity that feels like it has pressure to it. And so we created the audition technique program to really allow people that have to step onto a hot stage, whether they're a public speaker or whether they're about to go um, confront a family member or whether they're going on an amazing date or whether they're a performer in front of a camera on a stage one-on-one and they want more access to um, tools that can empower them, empower them uh, towards their own creative growth. So the Audition Technique program is something that I've been super passionate about because I love sport and I love the high-performance mindset and so many of the things that you help people with on an inner journey applied to the artist's life are what we're seeking to unpack and explore together. Mm, I love that. And where can people find out about that? Yeah, so either they can go to my other hat, joetown.com. Or they can actually go to Warner Laughlin, W-A-R-N-E-R-L-O-U-G-H-L-I-N.com. And there are links in all of our classes and all the amazing staff that I get to work with and learn from on a regular basis. And thank you for being an an example of how we don't have to choose. That A lot of us have many passions. 
And I love that you're the feng shui guy and that you're a coach and that you help actors and that you are an actor and you haven't ever bought into the misunderstanding that you have to choose just one, that you get to be all of these things because you're passionate about all of them and all of them get to thrive and all of them get to be successful and that we have the capacity to do that. And they all are expressions of you. You know, they're not compartmentalized. And I, I, I love that you own that and that you're an embodiment of that. Well, I thoroughly appreciate that, Christine. You know, you and I in our friendship and also our work together have had so many conversations about that concept. And this right now feels like the fullest version. I feel like both halves of my desired, you know, exploration, being an artist, telling stories, um, helping to transform the energy of a space by making people think or laugh or learning a new story. And also the desire to help transform the energy of a space, whether it be empowering people to follow a dream or to make their story come true or build an environment that supports their vision. It all feels like the same thing, transforming the energy in a space. And that clarity has really helped to embrace both sides. And there is this beautiful symbiosis now of flow between when I'm doing one and when I'm doing the other. And it feels like an infinity symbol. It flows to one side, it flows to the other side. And I I love doing it all so much. So um, thank you for highlighting that. Mm, And thank you for transforming our space today. Thank you for all the wisdom and all the heart you brought to this Coach's Corner. 